Welcome into episode 39 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, today on the podcast, we are going to talk, uh, we're going to look back a little bit on the uh, UCF Navy game. UCF lost, I don't even remember the final score, Christian. I, I don't 34 worry, it was to 30. 34 to 30. Uh, we were like full disclosure. We were going to jump on like shortly after the game and do a, a post game um, podcast, but I don't know. It just I don't think I'm either glad of us, we didn't. I don't think because either I have us a very right different like for that. Yeah, I have a very different take on I think like the program as a whole than I did the hour after that game ended. So yeah. I feel like it's good we didn't do a podcast then. Yeah, I would probably agree with that and say like my view of the program as a whole is like in a healthy place right now. I think my view of like this season is right where it was at the end of the game. So um, I have so many things to say on so many topics. I know I'm going to forget stuff, but I feel like I should say that you and me have like really not talked about what we think. So this is kind of our first, uh, so we'll see how much we align. As I said, you like, I wrote a whole article that you read on night sports now about what I think. So it's kind of out there. That's like, that's like basically the only way I've gotten your thoughts. Like we haven't, other than that, like we haven't talked. And and it was really less my thoughts than more just trying to like, I just tried to kind of break down how we got here. Really? It It was just an overview of facts. Like, yeah. So this should be interesting. We're going to talk a little bit about the the Navy game, basically what's gone wrong for UCF and what's what's it like going forward. And then we'll get into our UCF ECU predictions, which I'm sure will be fun. Sure will be a blast. Um, yeah, I have some good ones. <laughs> hey, you remember how I spent all offseason, like all offseason complaining that East Carolina is a team we have to play every year? Like yeah. I said that on like nine different podcasts. And now there's just a very sizable chance UCF loses to East Carolina. That's that's great for me. I love that for me. And then yeah. and then a week later, Desmond Ritter will probably have the best game of his career against this UCF defense. <laughs> so really, I'm just collapsing. As no, everything, everything sucks and I hate it all. But, you know, we're here. So that's cool. That's we're cool. here. Um, I'm jealous of people who get their happiness from things other than sports but uh, I'm not one of those people. So here we are. But anyway, UCF Navy. <laughs> yeah. So Christian, I was in attendance. I'm going to stop going to road games. That's probably that's, a good uh, idea. UCF should just stop playing road to. games. I think I'd be down. You think you negotiate with the big 12 to just never play conference road games <laughs> and then just schedule all of their non-conference games to be at home. And I want the non-conference games at home to be like Bethune Cookman, FAMU, like, like, like well, just pull a, State. Pull, a 2020 like Cincy. They pull a 2020 Cincy and only leave your state like twice. Yeah, it worked for twice since he went to the Peach Bowl by not yeah. leaving their state. So UCF should do that. I want like that we'll play our home Big 12 games and we'll supplement what would have been the road Big 12 games with like FIU, FAU, Bethune Cookman, South FAMU. Florida. It'll be great. We, we should South play, Florida we should life. play at FAMU. Like let's we should tweet like we're going to Tallahassee with like the eyeball emoji and then play at FAMU instead of Florida State. This is gonna sound like that. I mean, I'm assuming they have a stadium, right? I don't know. Like, I can't. I don't know what their stadium. No, is. Bailey, they play in a parking lot. No, I just don't know. Like, yes, do they, they have, have their own stadium, or is it like an on-campus thing? I don't know what it's like. I have no idea. I, I I'm acted like an ass in that answer, and I honestly don't know. But I assume. <laughs> I mean, they play in a stadium. I yeah, know. no, of Let's course. But I'm just saying, like, do they? Is it like? I don't know. I just we don't said know we're gonna break down the Navy game. And now I'm googling if FAMU has a stadium. Uh, Bragg Memorial Stadium, twenty-five thousand seats. Oh, um, yeah, I think it's like an on-campus stadium. Oh, it looks nice. I'd, 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 I'd watch a game there. You want to go to the Well, I want UCF to play there. Oh. Oh, yeah. Nice little here. Nice. I'm going to put it on the screen. Yeah. yeah are I you see looking it. at it, it looks, too? Yeah. Yeah. It's like very close to FSU. <laughs> this is going to, I don't know. I want this to sound like bad or like mean, but it looks like a really, really nice high school stadium. <laughs> I don't think that came across the way you wanted it. Yeah. Here. I don't think it did. No, but like, you know, like when I saw it, like if you told me, like, a powerhouse high school team plays here. It looks like the high school stadiums they build in Texas. 
Yeah, I would describe it. Yeah, it does. Like I'm just as saying the design. As, I'm as not far saying, as like, FCS standards, it looks pretty nice. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like FAMU is like a garbage program. I'm just saying like when I look at the when I look at the stadium, that's what I thought of was like that kind of design. All right, should we talk about the Navy game? <laughs> so Dope Campbell Stadium oh, no. is a seven minute drive from the FAMU stadium. I did not realize that those schools were like next to each other. No, yeah, I didn't either. I knew they were like close. I knew they're both in Tallahassee, but I had no idea. No, there is literally like there is like a block in between FAMU and Florida State. That's they're, wild. They're neighbors. Do they play? Well, okay, we're we're done. I'm I'm done with the. All right. I don't know why I've led us on this tangent. Um, Long story welcome short, to the FAMU podcast. FAMU. Welcome to the Rattler podcast. We're here discussing the FAMU. That's the, the Rattler rant. rant. Um, Rattler. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. We're setting such a rabbit hole. All right. Let's anyway. go. Let's go. UCF Navy. Um, yep. I just so much went wrong. Where would you rank it in like worst losses in modern UCF history? I saw this topic going around a little bit, and I don't. And that's know. why I want to talk about it because I'm curious. We I don't. I'm not like aligning with. I know everybody's basically going like nuclear mode on Twitter, yep. and I was not happy. I kind of just got off Twitter and stopped, stopped talking about UCF for a little bit because I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, but I, I don't think like it's as unacceptable as everyone has been saying see that's the thing is like obviously i'm very upset and they should not have lost that game but like because when people because a lot of people are saying oh that people might are saying it was worse, worse than like Furman, and like, like Furman was like i i feel like part of it is a lot of the fan base just wasn't like here yet because a yeah. lot came like post 2017 Furman was insane like they lost to an fcs team at home at like home. i just it was like so i don't even have like that one like singularly stands out i'd honestly say even in recent years i think tulsa in 2019 was a worse loss yeah because for as bad as Navy's start was, Navy is typically a pretty good program. At that point, Tulsa had been bad for like a decade and UCF was about to get ranked. UCF was on, at that point, they were like 2019, top 25 season. Then they go into Tulsa and freaking lay an egg. So it's I, such, I don't know. It's such a weird thing to me because yes, Navy was winless and they were playing horribly. Like they were, were not playing well. They could not score. Nope. And obviously they scored 34 points on UCF, 17 points in the fourth quarter. But, like, I, I still look at Navy and have that feeling where, like, yeah, Navy's a tough team to play. Like, they're just – Well, because most of the time they're a good team. They're not yeah. this year. They don't look good. I don't think they're going to be good the rest of the year. But, mo- I mean, they're – you know. Also, I just got to say real quick, as someone who's in the stadium, um, Navy fans are the nicest human beings I've ever had an interaction with. Like, They're I'm nicer than sports, Kansas State I'm, fans? No, I'm not even joking. They were, like, so nice. And I know it's, like, it's just – it's a totally different cultural experience there because, like, it's – a lot more than a football game to the people there. I mean, it's very much the physical embodiment representation of having gone to the Naval Academy, being a part of the Naval Academy. I mean, we talked to all the people sitting around us who were there. All the students show up in like their full military dress. I'm not versed in military stuff, so I hope I'm not like butchering what I'm saying here. And like, it, it yeah. just, they all, the entire, all the freshmen have to run out onto the field and do push-ups every time Navy scores. So UCF gave them a workout. Um, but it, it was just such a cool experience. And like, if UCF had to lose to a team in a horrible way, like it, it, I, like I wasn't like when we left Louisville, we talked about that Louisville's fans were just, some of them were nice. Some of them were really not nice. Nothing <laughs> like that in Navy, just nothing yeah. but super nice people. So if you had to pick a team to lose to, okay, fine. It can be Navy. Let's yeah. Let's be happy for them. I guess. I don't know. I, that's the thing. It's like, I was really, really frustrated with the, with the way everything went down, but like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't view it as like this, like all time horrible loss. Yeah, it's really bad, and it's indicative that this could this season could get really rough. Yeah. Um. But I mean, and I think the main takeaway for all the like, okay, I have to say another thing. I, I'm gonna try to get like as much of my complaining at the fans out of the way really quickly. Um, I think the whole I didn't like the play calling complaint has jumped the shark in my opinion, 
because I feel like fans just kind of use that as, well, that's what I'm supposed to say because I'm a football fan and the offense didn't score enough points. So I like the play calling. I didn't see what was wrong with the play calling. The taking out Mikey Keene when he was in a rhythm was bad. That was weird. Um, on the last play. <laughs> I, I think they were just really set that that was what they were going to do. So he ignored that that was bad. But like that, that, I don't know how you watch the game and say, yeah, that was bad play calling. Did like game wide. There was a bad decision, but like, come on, guys. So my friend and yours, Matt, um, pointed out to me yesterday. Did you, so did you see my tweet uh, earlier in the game when I used like the, the Bernie Sanders meme? asking for them to actually use Joey Gatewood in the passing game. And then the moment they chose to do that was in the, the moment that they the shouldn't have worst that. moment possible. The worst possible. It was like the worst aged like meme I've ever posted. Probably. I yeah. just, it's, it made no sense. Cause like, like I said, like he, Mikey Keene was like, he was lasered in. Like that was that, that was the first drive of the game where he looked good all game. I have no qualms with Mikey Keene. And I felt he played it a little conservative a few times, but I, I don't even think a true freshman doing that. I think, yeah, that was what I was going to say was like, I didn't have any complaints with him. I have more complaints about maybe how he was used. Like, I don't think, and maybe yes, he's a true freshman. Like I just expected coming off of a bye week where you had two weeks to prepare. I was expecting them to have like opened up the playbook a little bit more for him. That's the thing is they were not running the offense. They would have run with Gabriel. It seemed, and that was pretty it clear. seemed a little weird, but like, then again, like I don't want to, like, I'm not inside the facilities i don't know what's going on like i'm not going to pretend i know more than gus Mazan. there's probably a reason i think you're i think you're playing like a true that. freshman on the road and yeah. i think that they, they there was a little bit of trepidation there in hindsight there shouldn't have been because mikey looked really good and i'm excited to see him again um i'm excited to see him for years to come hopefully but i mean the other thing to look at is like i think and i don't want to be like a conspiracy guy like i part of me wonders if ucf was just very convinced they were going to win this game and I almost wonder if some of the guys that did not play could have gone and didn't because they were so convinced they were going to win this game. And it seemed like, like, honestly, with Mikey Keene, it's like, you have a true freshman, you're playing a bad team. So just let's not get, let's not get overly creative here, push ourselves. Let's just win the game. And, and the part that they didn't consider was that the defense is just like, just awful. I mean, I think the defense, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think the defense with the injuries they have now is worse than last year's defense, yeah. which is astounding because last I year's defense gave up 34 points a game. It is important to point out the injuries i'm not gonna like make that like that's not the excuse like that we can just say like oh we can just be have a horrible year because of injuries but i think that's one of the things i said last week that i was worried about was the injuries and the depth that ucf has and it it's becoming increasingly clear that there's not a lot of depth on this team and and that's the point i made in my um article that i put up is there are a ton of injuries right now and you have to account for that like i'm yeah. sorry but ucf doesn't come close to losing this game if dylan gabriel isaiah bowser jayla robinson and the third of the defense that weren't playing play yeah. that so it matters but the difference is that great teams can deal with injuries because they have depth ucf does not have depth brandon helwig posted a thing that i was reading today that ucf's 2018 recruiting class which was hypel's first class um should theoretically be in like it's prime right now you know i mean this is this would be what like their senior junior year depending on where they're at and yeah. of the 20 players from that class two of them are seeing the field in any capacity i i mean and, and then you look at how many guys have transferred out of the program we just saw eric gilliard today and bentavious officially that's like i think i i think someone tweeted that it's been 25 players have entered the portal since the start of last season i mean they're just there is no depth on this team. So you yeah. combine that with injuries and yeah, I just, UCF's not going to win a lot of games if the injuries continue throughout the year. And obviously it's a very different situation, but when you brought this up earlier, when you're like, yeah, 25 players, like that's, that's like, that's a lot of, like, that's a lot of people you're losing. And it reminded me of just like when I, so when I was in high school, my freshman season, um, you know, the team in my high school was very, very good. They went to the state semis, went like 12 and two, I think one of the best seasons they've ever had. 
Then they lost like 22 seniors that went to college. They graduated. And then ever since that year, they've been horrible. And I think a large reason why when you lose 22 guys off your team, you're going to struggle to replace those guys. It's just like, not even if like they're, a lot of them were contributors, but like, you're going to struggle to just replace those bodies. Like you're just, yeah, it's like, it's tough. And, and when you lose that many players, there's just this mass exodus of players. Uh, some of them, like, I mean, a lot of the guys that obviously went to the draft are, were key contributors. And there's been some guys that. But that's the big thing. And I talked about in my article is, and I think that's what's hurting UCF so much this year too, is this is a year where there is more depth than ever in college football because players yeah. have the option regardless of where you were in your career, you could have been a redshirt senior. You could have been a six year like Kalubi Ali back in the day, and you could have come back if you want. And yeah. UCF not only didn't have any, I mean, there were teams all over the country who players who knew they could have got dra- gotten drafted decided to come back and make another run on things. Not only did that, did, that, did that not happen where every UCF player that knew that they could get drafted left players that knew they were long shots left Trey Nixon left and he ended up getting drafted. Marlon Williams left and didn't Otis and Greg McRae. There was never even discussion of them getting drafted and they left. And even just a few of those guys staying would have changed how this season is looking right now. But I just, so UCF's compounded of, even for a normal year, they don't have a lot of depth. And this is a year where everyone else is deep as hell. That's not an ideal situation to be in. And it's fine if you're not hurt, but when you're hurt like they are now, it freaking shows. Yeah. And what goes, what goes back to, like you said earlier was, is just the recruiting. There was, and we're seeing more and more that like, there clearly was a drop off in recruiting under Hypel and it makes it very, very clear that, Hypo left this program in much worse shape than I think maybe even anyone thought. Like I, I earlier this year, I was like, yeah, I mean, Gus stepping in like a really, really good situation. And I think largely it still is, but I think I overlooked a lot of the problems that this roster as it stands right now, a lot of the problems it has. Well, two things. One, I, I'm going to my third rant at the fan base of the podcast. That's the other thing is because like a lot of people, and it's not surprising, this isn't unique to UCF's fan base. It's every fan base. Suddenly a big Twitter contingent is off the Gus bus and this was a bad hire and fire Travis Williams. And like, I just want to ask you, like, I genuinely want to ask you, what would you like them to do? They don't have the players. They don't have the players to be a top tier team. So what would you like them to do? Would you like them to like invent new ones? I I, like, I actually am asking, (laughs) honestly, what I'm saying is with the transfers Gus brought in, can you imagine how much worse things are now if they didn't get those transfers? You see, it might be like 0-4. What I would add to that too is like, if you fire, who who are you going to hire? If you fired him right now? Yeah, if Jeff Levy was hired, I'm sure UCF's 4-0 right now, clearly, because, you know. I mean, they're, they're not going to have any of these high-profile transfers that they only got on Gus's name alone. It's ridiculous. And But going back to your point, it's true. And I and I defended Hypel. I'm on the record for that. Defended as in UCF couldn't afford to fire him, and I felt like I was the only person that understood that. But not to keep touting my story, but I, I just compared – I didn't list out every player that was recruited, but I listed, like, players who became significant parts of what UCF did from Frost's two classes and Hypel's three classes, technically four. And the lists, I'm not going to list them out because there's a ton, but like Hypel's list is short and a lot of guys that just are good, but not to the level. I mean, you look at the guys Frost brought in. In two years, you got, I'm not going to shout the whole list, but Mackenzie Milton, Gabe Davis, Richie Grant, Mike Hughes, guys you contributed for years after you left, like Marlon Williams, Kalia Davis, Greg McRae, Otis Anderson, Killens, Jordan Johnson, Cole Schneider, and Samuel Samuel Jackson, who are still the the core of the O-line today. I I mean, it's just... And then Hypel, the other thing that you look at is, yeah, we got Dylan Gabriel. That was huge. We got some good transfers like Trey Nixon, Jalen Robinson. But the other thing that, it, like, the biggest takeaway from Hypel's classes were the top recruits in every class just never really panned out. They were just big misses. And you just can't afford that as a group of five school. You just can't. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's what you said just now is, like, 
there were good players on Heifel's on Heifel's recruiting classes, but like there were very few elite ones like there were under. Yeah, Frost. that's exactly right. And that's I think exactly that's right. where I think that's where UCF is headed again, because like I think the staff they're recruiting has been fantastic so far. And I think it's only going to get better. I know like people want to say, like, oh, like this season's going to like kill recruiting and all that. I just don't really think it it's will. really just not. We had a podcast about yeah. that this offseason where we talked about if UCF is eight and four and worse, does it affect recruiting? And the answer we came to is really it doesn't. Yeah. In some ways, it helps it actually, because now you can pitch players. Now the coaching staff can pitch players on you're my guy. Yeah. Come in here and you can say it's <laughs> so like, hey, star cornerback, you can literally start from day one. <laughs> doesn't UCF have a four star corner right now? I, I'm not pretty well sure they do on the recruiting class, but I know but like, honestly, that's the thing is turns out in hindsight should have been a red flag that the staff spent basically the entire summer prioritizing defensive recruits in hindsight should have been a sign of what was to come, but I guess what can so. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah, there's there the state of like everywhere everything is right now. Like it's just going to be a tough season. It really is. Don't really think like, I mean, we, we can get onto that now, I guess. Like, is it going to get much better? I don't really know. Um, I feel like I'm probably a little more optimistic than most. I'm not like over here, like they're going to come back and they'll, they'll win out from here or anything stupid like that. I think they could totally lose on Saturday, to be honest with you. Um, I think they could lose their next three. Um, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. I'm not saying they necessarily will, but they could, but I do want to make a couple points. The first one is that despite all the doom and gloom, which is totally understandable. I'm not trying to sit here and excuse that loss. Cause those are games that UCF as a program just should not be losing anymore. Plain and simple. Um, Two plays. You take two plays and UCF is 4-0 right now. And they're both, and it's not like big changes. It's two fluky plays. You take the interception that was tipped against Louisville. If that's just a catch or just even just not incomplete. wide up in the incomplete. air, UCF wins that game. That's it. Yeah. And then against Navy, Brandon Johnson does not thumb the ball, which I'm not trying to put all the heap on Brandon Johnson because you, you, there's, you get to the point where that play can make a difference. It means the team played badly, but it's a catch. It was a really good throw by Mikey Keene for the first down. If Brandon Johnson just goes down or gets tackled and the ball doesn't pop out, game's over. So you take two plays and UCF is 4-0 and inside the top 20 right now. So I don't want to like turn, make, turn into it's like UCF's destined to lose now, but teams do kind of play to where they think they're at. And I worry about UCF. I'm not super worried about the rest of the year if the injuries don't last. If UCF gets most of these guys back soon, I think they can still be in for an okay year. I'm not, they're not going to be like, they're not winning 10 games or anything. But right. like when, once Dylan was out, I mean, we talked about the, that's raw off anyway on what the yeah. season was going to be. And I think it could be like an okay year. I just, I think this is part me, part me like just <laughs> protecting my own heart and head is I'm just going to go through the rest of the year with no expectations. That's honestly where I'm at. Like I'm, and for one thing, I still want to talk about the difference between fans and uh, Fairweather fans. This is the literal definition. Like I am still very excited to watch UCF plays Carolina. I don't have the expectations I had going into that game. I still want to watch UCF play. If you are now just like, ah, I'm done. I don't feel like going to the game, whatever. It's like, all right, well, then you're just not a real fan. And yeah. honestly, you're probably not listening to this podcast if you feel that way. So I'm, I'm literally preaching to the choir. But it just bothers me how many people do just seem to be like, oh, okay, well, the season's not like, like, and, and there are examples, like, I don't fault people who stopped going to games in 2015. I don't fault people for that. <laughs> but I, like, UCF's two and two. Like, if we are the fan base that we stop showing up to games once we hit 500, like, Wow, yeah. we are just not a good fan base. And I'd like to think this fan base is better than that. I'd like to see a good crowd this weekend. Well, what's funny for me, it was like, I had that thought after the Navy game. I was, I was like, shoot, I have to drive two hours next weekend to go watch UCF. But like, it wasn't like, I'm not going to go. It was just like, right. I'm really going to go two hours and potentially watch them lose. Like, it was more <laughs> of that. It wasn't more, it wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to skip the game. But it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, yeah, I just think the rest of the way, like, and I think I told you a little bit, we talked a little bit on Saturday and I think 
I think I said this to you. Basically, my thing is like, and this is kind of what I did ended up doing in 2020, where I was at a point where I was like, okay, I have no more expectations. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to expect anything out of them. And if they lose on Saturday, I'm still going to be really, really upset on Saturday, but then I'll get over it. And throughout the week, I'll just go back to having no expectations. Like the yeah. still, still watching them lose is still so frustrating to me anyway, even if I have no expectations, but then like, I think with me having no expectations makes the healing process a little bit easier. And, and in ways it's all, I agree with that completely. It's like, like I was so depressed on Saturday. I wasn't even mad. I was just flat out depressed. And I wish that I could break out of the cycle where I just end up horribly depressed every time UCF loses. And I recognize if they go lose to ECU, even as I say, I have no expectations, whatever. Yeah, no, it's in a way this has been liberating for me, not in a good way. And no one's going (laughs) to agree with me on this take, but like 2017 and 2018 and 2019 were very stressful years because the stakes were so high if UCF lost a game. And now there are really no stakes. And I not all of me hates that. Like I like when I remember in 2019, particularly when UCF lost a pit, you think Twitter was an apocalypse on Saturday. That was like as if the world had actually ended. And then when UCF lost to Cincy a couple weeks later, it was like the universe had ended and all were dead in all the galaxies. Like it was just, it was so bad. And now I'm like, you know, it's gonna be very bad if UCF loses more games. It's going to hurt me very much every single time, but at least it's not like. I'm not sitting here like, oh no, if we don't, if if East Carolina beats us, then we're not going to the New Year's Six, or then we're not going to conversation. Yeah. It's like, well, we're already we're already not doing those things, so it's just back to it being football. And that's and you know, I I don't like I I don't know where you're at. I would be thrilled and happy with an eight and four season. I would I would be thrilled with eight. And four. I would at this point I would yeah. too because I don't think they're going eight and four. The darkest part of me is like, I hope they get to a bowl. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. that thought is more. Than, um, I don't know. There's a lot of tough games left, but also I just thing. don't think they're going to lose every losable game, but we'll see. That's true. And it's, <laughs> excuse me. It's where I am is I think for this season, I'm not going to have more expectations. Like, like I said earlier, my expectations are like my thoughts on UCF as a whole. And like for the future, haven't changed. Same here. This year is just, just very tough year, but I don't. Well, think mine's like, changed in one small way. I yes. hate the fan base even more than I already oh, did. Well, I mean, I, so that's changed slightly. Um, but other than that, that no, I, I, mine, mine hasn't really. I'm sorry, guys, but the P, I just don't mean to keep going best. The people who want the coaching staff are like, do you understand football? Like, I'm actually asking you. Like, I just don't. I get being mad with singular decisions. Like, the Joey Gatewood thing was dumb. We acknowledge that. But, like, I'm really just asking for, like, like what, like, how do you think football works? Do you think Gus shows up and is such a transcendent coach that he can take an offense of backups with no depth and just make them amazing? It's like they're doing the best they can. And honestly, the two losses have been by single digits. Sucks that they were losses, but it's not like UCF is walking on the field and losing by 40. Yeah. I mean, we'll see in two weeks, but as of now, that's not happening. So I don't know. I just, I don't understand people who that's their take. I, I, I think they just want to be mad and they have to find someone to blame. Yeah. So obviously they blame the coaches. That's definitely what it is. It's just, everyone needs a scapegoat. So. Which I'll it's... take that over the people blaming the players. Cause Whoa, if you, if you think you're bad for tweeting at the coaches, people tweet the players. You suck. Like you don't. But that's do that. the thing. Like, yeah, don't tweet at players. And also, like, I don't. You can. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to police people or what they're gonna do. But like, I don't like when people tag coaches. If you're gonna tweet about and complain about the coach, fine. Like, Travis I guess, like, Williams they, went private. That's on that's Twitter. what I was gonna reference. Yeah, like I, you just, uh, I don't like that because I don't like that. That man, he's a man. He's not just a coach that like isn't doesn't have feelings. He had to go private because most likely people were tweeting like mean things at him and talking about 
like, oh, he sucks, fire him, whatever. Like, that's a guy could, who... Could you imagine if at your job, if you messed up on an assignment, you opened Twitter and everyone was telling you how pissed they were at you for messing up the assignment? Yeah. And also, hey, UCF fans, do you want UCF to be better at football? I'm assuming you do, since according to your tweets, they think they should be undefeated every year. Um, part of getting better at football is getting recruits. And you know who's on Twitter and seeing your meltdowns and how you're tweeting the current players and coaches? The recruits. So stop it. Stop being stupid. Does anyone... I'm asking you to stop being dumb, please, because it's pissing me off. Is there any podcast out there that like actively dislikes and like yells at their listeners more than this one? I like UCF. I like UCF <laughs> a lot. I like a lot of the fans I interact with on Twitter on a daily basis. If I've ever tweeted at you, it means I like you because I don't tweet at the people I don't like. So congrats if you've made that list. <laughs> there are a lot of UCF fans that just really annoy me. And it's not that I don't like this fan base. I'm part of this fan base. I love how big this fan base has gotten, but that's come with this dark side of just the, these insane expectations on everything. It is bad that UCF lost to Navy. They should not have lost that game. You have every right to be upset about it, but that doesn't give you the right to like literally verbally abuse people on social media. That's, the, that's just another, man. that's just another like part of just, the worst part of social media is that everyone feels empowered and like just they can do that and that's like a whole different discussion but it, yeah it, you would never say that if you pass travis williams on the street you would never get in his face and tell him he sucks and you hope that he loses exactly. his job you would yeah. never say that but you're like oh i'm on Twitter, ask him for so a picture fine. and like and, you'd be yeah. like hey can i take a photo then you tweet guys i just met travis williams yeah. but no instead it's like it's like go back to auburn and it's like just, just gosh just i'm stop. just so annoyed with some of the tweets i saw i don't know again even with the defense defense is horrible um what would you like Travis Williams to do? As of right now, he's doing. Do you want him to go out there and tackle? Like it's not like, like, like I don't know. And as of right now, he's do, him and Gus are doing exactly what you want to see. UCF has never had a better recruiting ranking at this point in the cycle than they do right now. What more yeah. do you want than that? That is the most actionable thing they can do right now to fix the problems that you have with their team. So I'm actually asking, what more do you want? I recognize they're not immune to mistakes. They uh, every coach makes mistakes. There were mistakes made in that game. That there has to be a middle ground between my coach is perfect and is God's gift to the game of football and the entire staff needs to be fired. I would just like you to live in that very tiny middle ground between those two things. If you can find a way to do that, please. I would appreciate it. So would some other UCF fans and probably the school and and the coaches and the players. Yeah. Most rational people. Um, Okay, this so, isn't the whole fan base. This is like a 10% or 20% yeah. really. The fan base that annoys the hell out of me. But they're just stop. very, very just like, stop. there's 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 not a it's lot ridiculous. of them, but they're, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. Okay, before we move on to the UCF-ECU predictions, let's go through this hypothetical that you sent me the other day because... Oh, yeah. Oh, I that's fun. <laughs> it's a fun one, and I don't really know my answer, like 100%. So you texted me and said, would you rather go eight and four with blowout losses to Cincinnati and SMU or six and six with a win over Cincinnati and close losses elsewhere. Yep. Honestly, the more I thought about it, I was like, Ooh, like, I mean, that, that's six and six is like a tough to look at, but I think I'm true six and six. Cause like not only one, you, do you ruin Cincinnati season? Absolutely ruin it. Like they're probably still, they probably maybe still win the AAC and still possibly go to a new year six, but they're not crashing the playoff, which I just really don't want them to do. Um, so you're ruining Cincinnati season. And also if you're saying all the rest of the losses are close, that means you're not that far away. And if you're going eight and four and you're getting blown out by the top two, the other top teams in your conference, like you're looking like you're pretty far away from being back to that point to where I'm like, uh, I don't know what they're like, how much there is to build off of next season. you know, I, th- I think if you're, if you're losing really, really close games and you beat a team like Cincinnati, who's now number five, you've you definitely have something here and 
a really good recruiting class is going to be just what you need to flip those close losses into wins. So I think so this, I would choose that one. So this is the thing. I agree with you. I fully agree. I, it sounds dumb on paper. I'm picking six, six over eight and four. And I've had to realize two things about myself. The first thing is for the rest of the season, I'm not really afraid of losses. I'm afraid of blowout losses because close losses, as you just said, imply that you're close. And so far this season, it sucks that UCF is two and two, but they have a bad loss to late Navy. No matter how you cut it, it's a bad loss. It's only by four points with a bunch of injuries. And you have a road loss to Louisville by a touchdown. So it doesn't look like they're, it, like they're not light years away from being 4-0 right now. It's just a couple of plays. Yeah. So that's the first thing I've realized. I just, I'm afraid of blowout losses. Because especially like blowout losses, like UCF cannot lo- like get blown out by EC or something. If UCF's ever getting blown out by a home or by a team that's not very good, that's problematic and worrying. Yeah. The second thing I've realized is I think that all I care about, all I care about for the rest of this college football season, for not just UCF, but for all of college football, is I just want UCF to win the Cincinnati game. I think I can, I think I can forgive like anything else that happens this season. Like if UCF loses out for the Cincinnati game, but they beat Cincinnati, I think I could actually live with that. Like, like all of my annoyance with what's happened and just where we are. And I don't want to like, I'm not going to tweet this stuff. Cause first off, like Cincinnati, if they go undefeated, they deserve to be in the playoff. They do. And that yeah. sucks. Cause I don't want them to. It does and suck. it sucks even more that. And I, I get UCF never played a Notre Dame in the regular season. Um, but it, it sucks that Cincinnati got all this hype to begin with. They were in the top 10 going into that freaking game because they lost a peach bowl. UCF won a peach bowl and just, it's not like, like UCF never even came close to being in the college football playoff discussion. Never even came close Nope. for as good as those teams were. And guess what guys, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this near Cincinnati fan, I don't know why. why okay. Wait, be, if you're listening, to this I don't know why you would why? be, I don't know. Cause sometimes people tweet stuff. I say in the podcast, so in case it gets out there, let's just be clear. 2017 UCF would murder 2021 Cincinnati. <laughs> 2020 Cincinnati would lose by like at least 30. That team wasn't even good. They didn't leave the state of Ohio. Um, so that sucks. And, and basically I'm just at the point where, you know, I don't care what Cincinnati does. They can win the conference. They can go to the Fiesta Bowl. But if every step of the way we get to say in your ear, yeah, but we beat you. Find me. <laughs> Our worst, our worst season in years would be, yeah, no, that's, that's like, well, that's why I'm saying like Cincinnati, we talked about that last year. UCF had a bad year last year. Cincinnati had the best year in program history and they beat us by three. So, yeah. and I will say, I know everyone's like, uh, like UCF fans are resigned to the fact that Cincinnati is going to kill UCF. I think UCF could win. I think if UCF's healthy by the time that game rolls around, I think they could win. The fact that it's a noon game is great. I'm way less worried now that it's a noon game. I think UCF has a chance. I mean, I think they do. I just don't think they're going to win it. I don't think I don't, they're going to, but I think they could. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll get there. We'll talk about it next week. But yeah, we it's will. uh we're just leaping yeah. over the ECU game that UCF could very realistically lose. So that's so let's that's get on our predictions right because yeah, let's do it. We're gonna, yeah. I think we we might have some some different opinions on how this game's gonna go. And I'm very, very much like some of these predictions, well, actually not some of them, but just like take these predictions with a grain of salt because like I said. I don't have any expectations going into the rest of the season. Also so, the grain of salt of, we just don't know who's going to play or who's still going to be hurt. This is also true, but like so. I'm going in maybe to like protect myself a little bit, going in with a very pessimistic view of this game on Saturday. And I'm very, very much like this could be a very good day for UCF. But if I'm predicting it, if I'm predicting it to be a bad day, just take that. Like, I'm not just saying like, Oh, this is we're ruined. It's just, that's where my head, my head is right now. So Let's get your first prediction. Oh, I have to go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, UCF will allow more than 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you'll see by my score prediction that I agree with you. It's been, um, I tweeted it. It's six straight well, FBS teams have scored 30 plus points on ECF until they show that that's not going to happen. I'm just going to assume it's going to keep happening. Didn't ECU, ECU scored like 52 on Tulane last, last week, didn't they? Yeah. So ECU scoring. So they started out bad against App State. They only put up 19. They only put up 17 against South Carolina. And then they've been on a tear since then. They put up 42 at Marshall, then 31 against Charleston Southern, and then 52 on Tulane. The one thing going for UCF is Holt Naylor still is really good at just not being able to figure out if he's a good quarterback at not or not. He'll occasionally just make stupid decisions. Yeah. So if they can get him to make some, you know, this, but I just don't see what from this defense, like basically he just has to like not get sacked in the first two seconds and someone will be open downfield. And that's the thing is the oh. one thing I did see like from that Tulane game was a running back's name is escaping me. I think his last name is Mitchell. He ran for like 200 yards on like yep. 12 carries or something like that, or like something like a really small amount of carries. And UCF, but UCF's run defense has yeah, sort of been okay. That's what I'm saying. So, like the run defense has been pretty decent, but the secondary is just really bad. So I think that they need to hit Holt Nailers a lot. Like even after even after the whistle, I think they need to like. And I don't mean to be like like. <laughs> don't, I don't mean like get him hurt. But oh I just goodness. feel like the only way UCF is going to win this game is if he's afraid of the pressure. And I don't know if UCF can actually get pressure on him, so they just need to hit him whenever they get there, even if it's like eight seconds after the play. What does this podcast come to? Where Christian? No, don't hurt him. Don't hurt him. Openly advocating for roughing the passer penalties just to just the penalties. To scare, okay, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> just so you, to scare the opposing quarterback. <laughs> you crystallize what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> yes, get the roughing the passer penalties because they'll pay off later in the game. If he's worried about the hit coming, he'll, he's hold nailers. He makes stupid decisions. If he's worried about Cat, pressure, he'll make dumb decisions. When Big Cat and Kalia and Traymond Morris Brash are all ejected in the second half by the second half because they've just taken cheap shots at hold nailers. Okay, we'll I'm not see. saying like hold nailers hands the ball off, who's ignore the running back to like <laughs> tackle him. I'm just saying that like you know if if you know he got the ball off, but you're there, take him out. <clears throat> this is. Absurd. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, don't I think mean, there's anything wrong with that. Uh, there's some, there's Are you telling some... me that wouldn't work though? He, he's just there's, gotta be afraid of the pressure. I can't tell you like no, it wouldn't work, but I can also tell you that there is you can't say there isn't anything wrong with what you just said. So I'm not saying I'm not literally, I'm not saying hurt him. Obviously, that's <laughs> messed up. There's just a little gray just, area right here. I think there's we're not we're not on the same page here. For some I'm reason. hearing myself talk, and it's like I'm saying it in the voice where it's like I'm saying don't do something, but do it. And I feel like I need to be clear. I do not want them to hurt any player intentionally. That's not oh what I want. But you know that, like we talked about that in the early game. <laughs> I don't want them Seattle. to hurt any player at all. But you know, <laughs> but when you no 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 the first few games when UCF had not recorded a sack, we said that even though the quarterback was getting the ball off, they were still making a difference because the quarterback was feeling that pressure because the quarterback was taking hits. That was part of what got Hank Bachmeyer out of rhythm. I'm just saying, don't let up on that. You know, Hank Bachmeyer's never in rhythm. Um, you bring up a fair. You bring up a fair. <laughs> okay, so this was actually my second prediction, but I'll say it now since we just talked about Holton Aylers. Um, my prediction is that Holton Aylers will run for two touchdowns. Jesus Christ, we have so little faith in this team. <laughs> you know, you said that. I'm just like, that's it. Like two. I take that. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it's gonna happen. I don't know. They just it won't, ha- like, it won't happen if he's he can hit. He he's he's not like. Malik Cunningham mobile, but he's mobile enough to where I think he can cause some problems for UCF. And yeah, I really think their best chance is he just occasionally makes really stupid decisions. And I yeah, just, I mean, this it, year doesn't he have like he has like five interceptions, doesn't he? Or something. something I mean, I don't know. You he know, has seven to touchdowns head, but, to five interceptions. Yeah, I I read that earlier. And was like that's not very impressive. But that's what I'm saying. They can get him to. I, well, I don't know if this secondary is like that's what I'm saying. Like this, pick, but we're looking, we're judging it based off of like what he's done against other defenses. When you look at UCF's defense, I just have no faith in them so yeah Yeah, what's your second prediction 
is it involve any like injuring not well not injuring no don't injure. oh my god i'm <laughs> gonna get killed for that on twitter i'm not saying hurt holt nailers don't hurt holt nailers i feel like it was very clear what i was saying just oh yeah no, I, I got no matter you. what yeah it's more than just getting a sack it's about having him hit him at all over his shoulder <laughs> oh, apparently no. maybe i'll just cut that part of the podcast we'll see how i'm feeling <laughs> Um, my second, it's, it's like, no, like legit though. That's one of the funniest things I think anyone's ever said on this podcast. <laughs> it's just like, I don't care how you do it. Just hit him eight seconds after the whistle. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, so, and you go, and you said like, well, there's nothing, was there anything wrong with what I just said? I was like, yes. I, but like, listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that happens anyway. And way worse crap happens. Like you, we've seen, do you remember when Pitt literally was trying to like twist Mackenzie yes, Milton's ankle that. when he was on the ground? That's messed up. I don't, don't want to do be that the- crap. I don't want to be that team. We're not. That's not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying put pressure on the quarterback no matter what. <laughs> no, All right. What's your, what's your I second prediction? I don't get how what I'm saying is wrong. No. It's, I really don't. What's your I feel like you're prediction? twisting it to something worse than this. I don't think so. My, my second prediction is that, that this game will do nothing to restore fans' confidence. In this, <laughs> <laughs> this is this has gone off the rails. No, listen. I have reason. That's what I wrote word for word. But I do have reasons behind it. Is like I just don't see like I the only thing that I think would get fans to calm down is if UCF blows out ECU and I just don't see them doing that. So I feel like fans are just going to be really upset no matter what happens. UCF's either going to win a fairly close game or lose, in my opinion. Yeah, and then that's the thing is like if you beat ECU, no one's like, oh, like that was a huge win. It's like, oh yeah, you're supposed to beat ECU. Exactly. If you lose to ECU, it's like, oh my gosh, ECU sucks. Sky is falling. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. Uh, for my second one, I'll do my positive prediction because my third one is also another negative prediction. I included one. Po- no, no, no. Do your negative and we'll end with our two positives. It's going to it's, it's gonna be a very weird order to do these then. But okay. my negative one is uh, my other negative one is that UCF loses its first home game at the bounce house in front of a non-COVID reduced crowd since 2016. Oh, yeah. Mm. So now my positive oh. one is going to sound like okay. horrible. But yeah, that's yeah. that's where I'm going. Possible. It's totally possible. And like I said, that's why I kind of gave the caveat before our predictions that like part of me maybe is just making this prediction so that if UCF does lose, I'm like, oh yeah, I saw it coming. But then if they win, <laughs> they could totally, they could totally lose. But they yeah, no, like, I do. Lose. Like I don't feel confident going into this game. And part of me, like that's happened a lot in the past where like I'll go into a game, take the, the Boca Bowl. No sure. reason. There's no reason that I should have picked UCF, but I'm pretty sure I did, didn't I? I think we, we all did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we all did. And it was just for me, there's no reason to do that. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I could see them winning this game. So that I'll, I'll pick them. Well, that, that was like, so I need to we stop. We had our reasons because we knew the defense was pretty much dead in the water at that point. But we were like, well, it'll be a shootout. Just like and the USF game last year, actually. Yeah. It, and that's what we, we were coming off that. So we figured it'd be that. Yeah. And it just wasn't. Yeah. So that's the thing is like, I, I think there's been games in the past where like, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I think UCF could win. I, I'll just pick them. This is a game that, yeah, very much like, a large part of me does think UCF it's they, they should win this game, but I am not super confident. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick ECU. Um, I think that that, that prediction very much relies on the fan base. I think if the fans show up, if it's a, if it's the bounce house environment, we've come to know and love, I don't think East Carolina can win. Um, will that be right. the case? I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I have enough faith in the fan base to expect that, but we'll see. It's family weekend. Should be a lot of, if there are fewer than 40,000 people there, that's a disgrace to the fan base. I'm just being honest. That's sad. <laughs> um, and I will call all of you out for it. All, well, I feel, oh, again, I feel like anyone, well aware. anyone listening to this probably will be there. I, I don't know how much like overlap be, there yeah. is between, if they can be. I mean, yeah, if you're like, if you don't live here, I'm not going to be right. like, drive to the game. <laughs> Why don't you take a flight down? 
Um, but like, I don't know. I just feel like people who are listening to a UCF podcast in their free time probably aren't the people who are like, I no longer have an interest in this team. So I feel like they'll be there. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, that All makes right. sense. So we'll do our positive predictions now yes, before I give my obviously very a negative score prediction, but let me hear your positive prediction. Uh, Mikey Keene will have at least three total touchdowns. You want to hear oh, mine? You just, me, you just gave me a big smile. Okay. You want to hear yours? mine? Yeah. Uh, Mikey Keene will throw for three touchdowns. Yes. Look at us. And this up. is like a bonus prediction. So this doesn't have to happen for me to get this right. But I said they're going to be to three different receivers. Interesting. I could see it. I just especially did that for if, fun. Especially if Jalen's not back. Yeah. I just did that for fun. But yeah, Mikey Keene, I think he's going to have a good day. And we'll get into our score predictions now. And yeah, we will. My, my negativity for this game is not because of Mikey Keene or the offense. As it really shouldn't be. I don't think anyone's um, would be. Wow, but that's shocking. I never would have guessed that. Let me, let me hear your score prediction because it sounded like you think UCF will win. I do. I, I'm not picking against UCF at home. I'm not doing it. They haven't lost at home in a real home game since um, Tulsa I was, 2016. I, since, I was uh, since I was 19 years old. I'm uh, I'm 24 now. That would have meant, um, meant I was 18 and now I'm 23. Yeah, so it's been it's been a minute since that happened. A little bit. Um, I, My score prediction is 45 to 35 UCF. Okay, 10 point win. So they're going to cover. I have them just barely covering. That was not intentional. I don't care about that stuff. But, yeah, uh, I know. That's why I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. So we know who I think is going to win, and I'm really <laughs> upset about this. Um, but I've got ECU 38-31. Yours feels more likely. Because the other thing is, I'm, predict- I'm predicting to score 45 points. They really – the offense has not been that prolific against FBS teams. They haven't scored – they haven't scored what, more than like 36 on an FBS team this year? They scored 36 against Boise, 35 against um, – Louisville when we were there we were at that game I couldn't remember who it yeah. was um, and, then and then 30 against, 30 against Navy. Navy yeah so I mean so, yeah but I feel like Mikey Keen this is his second start now so it's nothing new they're at home first home start I'm first excited start. I'm really the more we've talked about this like it's funny as we talked about in the first segment as we talked about all that stuff I was kind of like now I feel dumb about my predictions I was like I feel better about this game and like better about the future this season i was like i don't know I I, nothing that but, happened last saturday changed my thoughts on the future of ucf right. football it just didn't I, I mean i think things are fine they're recruiting fine it'll be great it, it nothing but wins yeah also I, honestly i i said over the summer too that i've said for a long time and this kind of reinforced it that i think 2022 was always going to be the year where ucf could put a lot of things together yeah and i still feel like that's kind of the case i feel like it's even more the case now with the quarterback situation because you're either getting dylan who's coming off an injury that's not catastrophic in any way and he should be ready to tear it up. Or Mikey Keene will have a whole year as a starter under his belt. So I think you yeah. said either way. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. It was just as we were talking, I was like, oh, well, in my head, I was like, maybe I'll pick UCF to win. And then I was like, well, wait, one of my three predictions is that UCF is losing. So I'm warning you right fly, now, you you will not feel any better if UCF loses than you would have. If oh, no, I'm well aware. But yeah. I just I did this to like make like the middle of the week me feel like I'm actually doing something to prepare myself for. That's fair. Inevitable heartbreak, but it's gonna be a blast. Can't wait for this weekend. Yeah, can't wait for. I, I actually am very excited for the game. That's the thing is, like, as Not we started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, I'm I'm really excited to be back there, back in the bounce house. I wasn't at the Bethune game, so this is my first game in a month. Um, I, I guess it's pretty all... much everyone's first game in a month, but yeah, you're about right. I spend all of a week. the off season just wishing it was college football season. So even when UCF is not good, I'm not taking that for granted. Yeah, I still love it. And like I, I, love it. I said earlier, like with 2020, it was like very much during the week. I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to UCF playing. But then Saturday would come and be like, all right, I'm, I'm like ready to watch UCF. Play. Yeah. 
So well, 2020 sucked for, there was a lot rolled up into that. I think there was a lot of just the pandemic anxiety and yeah. just this weird half version I mean, of college football we got. The fact that I couldn't go to games also was another reason I was like, all yeah. right, I can just check out. So, I mean, this is real college football. I don't know how you slice it. And it yeah. just does not get better than that. It's nice. In the world. So nice to have all right that. do your all news right. stuff <laughs> i'll do my, that's just like the most dismissive way <laughs> do your news stuff um so christian uh, very clearly doesn't listen to me when i do the news um not a ton you know that for a fact i get on my phone as soon as you start this talking. is true and then he comes back in for uniform of the week yep. um latavius murray scored his third t- rushing touchdown of the year in baltimore's win over denver on sunday um ucf's game at cincinnati which christian alluded to earlier next saturday it will kick off at noon and be televised by abc so Big, big noon game. Um, UCF dropped some space merch on Wednesday. I bought a yeah, space jersey. You I bought, bought a space jersey. From, the, from 2018. Part they of me sold was like, out like immediately. I'm yeah. very annoyed. I was like, it was very quick. And I was like in the middle of buying one. I was like deciding whether or not I could. And then I clicked on my size and it was like only nine left. And I was like, oh, I have to do it now. Otherwise <laughs> I won't have a choice. Um, the, the only thing is like, I'm really hoping this is not the case, but I got the email and it was like estimated arrival date, Monday, October 25th. And I was like, that would be so three lame. days, three days after this year's space game. So yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully. And I think they said it's like supposed to ship no later than the 14th or something like that. So maybe it'll ship. I don't know. We'll see. Shipping is, is tough these days. Um, Mark Daniels said on Mike Bianchi's show earlier this week uh, that Isaiah Bowser and Jalen Robinson quote may not be back anytime soon. Um, that's tough news to hear. I'm going to retroactively change my stance on Bowser and say I was right the whole time because <laughs> yeah, no, the I'm one serious. Thing, yeah because the one thing that that really held him back was that held him back uh, northwest was injuries. injuries and then he gets here and that's exactly what happened he looks great and then he's injured and now they don't have and him. what Apparently i do might not say, have him for a long time so remember when i was hesitant to say isaiah bowser for heisman because i was like oh when i said that about rj harvey he got hurt yeah stop saying it there's no more. I, yeah i tried to that's not dead. say it for i tried to not say it for bowser but then you were like no do it and i was like okay i will and then now here we are so sorry for that everyone um, yeah. Bryson Armstrong earned a spot on the AAC's weekly honor roll. He had, I think, 22 tackles against Navy. Um, Christian. Don't do not say it. I sent a chat. Don't say it out loud. Okay. I won't say it out loud. <laughs> I won't say it out loud. I just thought of the joke in the moment. I could not make okay. it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, yeah. So Bryson Armstrong uh, had 22 tackles. And I texted yeah, you. That's crazy. I texted you during the game and I was like, because I think we've had our issues with his play early in the season. Yep. But um, yeah, yeah, he had a good, pretty good game. Um, no, he absolutely did. Yeah, he, he almost did. set the score record for tackles. I mean, come yeah, on. and then he was two away from like the conference single game record too. And yeah, I mean, he was just yeah, all over crazy. the place. Um, Eric Gilliard, as Christian mentioned earlier, has entered his name into the tra- transfer portal, and um, Bentavious Thompson did as well. Um, Bentavious, I think he said he's planning on graduating in December and then playing his last year of eligibility elsewhere. So, best the, all the best to those guys. And it was yep. funny. Um, what'd you say to me? You said something like the, the Eric Gilliard era is like, it's finally over. So, like, so every time we talk about Eric Gilliard, it's like, I feel like he's been here since like 2011. That was my um, first thought when I saw that news. Not like, why is the starter transferring in the middle of the season? But like, ah, oh, the Eric era. I was like, oh man. It's come to an end. Yeah. That's tough. I don't but, think that, I don't think that is as big of a deal as people are making it. Yeah. I, I like, don't like people are acting like it's, oh, wow. There's all, it's like, nah, I really don't think there's much to it guys. Hopefully. I, think, I mean, hopefully know? Tatum Bethune is back soon and, you know? Yep, that's the hope. I don't think, yeah, like, I don't think UCF's linebackers are have been playing that poorly, really. I think it's been more like a secondary. It's just, and then the, I don't know, the front seven's not getting a lot of pressure. Like, they're not getting, I mean, they're getting pressure, but they're not getting sacks. I don't know. We'll see more of this 
we digress to Saturday. Yeah, I don't need to talk anymore about it. Uh, let's talk about other sports. Men's soccer, they won 3-2 at South Florida on Wednesday, last Wednesday, um, and then followed that up with a 3-0 loss at home against Memphis on Sunday. They're now 5-4, and 3-1 and one in the AAC, and they're tied for second in the conference, but they could get a big win this weekend. They're hosting number six, Tulsa, on Sunday. Obviously, Tulsa leading the conference right now. Women's soccer, um, they played to a 1-1 draw at SMU on Thursday. So they're now 5-4-1 and and 0-2-1 in the AAC. They have uh, two games this week. They'll play at home against South Florida on Thursday and at home against Tulsa on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Caroline Delisle was named the AAC goalkeeper of the week this past week. And finally, volleyball, they won 3-2 at Wichita State on Friday and a close one. Then they won 3-1 at Tulsa on Sunday. So they're now 11-5. They're 4-0 in the AAC. They've won seven straight games. Uh, and they play Houston on Friday and then at home again on Sunday against Tulane. So with that, Christian, your uniform of the week. I, yeah, I mean, I think I know where this is going. So take it away. Uh, yeah, you do. It was UCF. Uh, football. Uh, I always just <laughs> say UCF. UCF. <laughs> like, I do that every week and I scratch myself. It was UCF football. UCF football. Uh, yeah, they went uh, white helmets, white jerseys, black pants with the black night head on one side of the helmet. I didn't realize there was some night head pushback. Some fans don't like the night head. That was strange to me. Shot. I didn't know that. Honestly, I had never heard that before. The fan, base, the fan base has takes now like that. I'm just like, of course, they're just they have they're mad about this. Or of course, like I, there are uniforms that when they're dropping, I'm like, I'm a little worried how the fan base is going to react to this combo. That was not one of them. I thought yeah. people were going to love it. And most people did, but there, there was more pushback than I was expecting, which, hey, teach their own. You're wrong, but teach their own. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was my pick for this week. There weren't right. really any other contenders. Men's soccer went with the Grays again. So uh, we'll see. We'll see you uh, for this coming week. You'll have to check out Drip You tomorrow to see what UCF will be wearing. Yep. Football has, East Carolina. has won four times now. Yep. Um, and so they're coming up on men's soccer already, who's leading with six wins. Baseball has five. So, yeah, football's, uh, football's trucking along. I, think I also said still... drip you tomorrow if you're listening to this it's today. Um, well, yeah, or so. if it's, or if you listen to this on Friday for some reason, maybe then it was. Hey, hey drip you, yeah. If you're listening to this on Friday, yeah. why don't why haven't you looked it up yet? Go look at what the combo is. Tweet it. And then box. just also for those people who are listening like early, like whether it's on Wednesday night or Thursday morning, it's true. Check out drip drip you later. That's right. Did we cover everything. We got it. We got it all. And if you're for some reason listening to this <laughs> in like the summer of 2022 because you're bored listening to old podcasts. Um, let us know what the space game uniforms look like because we're very interested. All right. Oh, okay. I'm saying by that time, we will have known, so they don't have to let us know. Oh, right. I forgot that's not how time works. Sorry. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you're, you're right. This has not been a banner podcast for me. Apparently, I've threatened a player. <laughs> and then now, <laughs> this is been... I'm really worried that people are going to take that way out of context. At the same I time, I feel like that. this has been like peak Christian Simmons podcast. It just has it's, been, it just has been. I had a rant earlier. Yeah. It's been it fun. has been an experience, and I've really enjoyed it. It could have been a lot worse of a podcast. I think it would have been a lot less enjoyable. Um, I just meant bring pressure on the quarterback all the time. Did not mean hurt the quarterback. Including after the, the quarterback. whistle. Don't hurt any player. Just do not hurt any player, please. All right. Well, well let's, let's get out of here before Christian threatens anyone else. Um, I didn't threaten anybody. <laughs> God. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. And as, as Christian mentioned, look out for the Drip U report. Uh, go over to Night Sports Now. Read Christian's uh, piece from this week. Go ahead and read my Big 12 All Sports Guide from last week as well. I want to plug that again. Um, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with episode 40. Hopefully it'll be, um, are you, you're looking at me weird. No, I'm not. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, we'll be back next just, week. my chair popped and I like had oh. to balance myself. Sorry. We'll be back next week with episode off. 40. Hopefully Christian does, doesn't fall out of his chair next week. Um, 
yeah, hopefully next week's podcast is a, li- a little bit lighter. I mean, hopefully we have a win to talk about before we talk about the impossible impending doom at Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> until oh, until then, so. though, you can follow us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.